And All right, we're live. We're live. We're okay. live with our second guest. Yeah, viewers, we have a special treat for you today. But before we get into that, um, have you been following the Gold Cup? The the America America's in the uh, the Gold Cup with the the women's. No, 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 no. The men's team. No, I haven't. Yeah, did you see what happened today? No. Like uh, Christian Pulisic. Um, so they, dude, they you're telling were, me the U.S. was playing and I didn't know. Yeah, the U.S. was playing and you're such a big fan. And then um, <sighs> I'm actually buying a Pulisic jersey. Yeah, so Christian Pulisic tied the game with three minutes left in uh, stoppage time, and then Hugo Ismailia. Who's that? Um, Hugo Ismailia, these pits when I put him on your head later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you. Kulu fisibelo malina. Malina, malina, malina. Niged, you're our guest today. You are a district attorney for the city-state of San Francisco. More importantly, you are one of my closest, nearest, and dearest friends. And... Uh, before we before we get into it, we have a fun program today, but before we get into it, tell us about Niged, journey to where you where you are right now, and yeah, let's just jump into it. Well, first just want to thank you to both of you for having me on the pod. I am a huge day one fan. Um uh, and I, I love the work you guys do with the uh, topic you guys cover the way you guys cover them. Who is Niged? Uh, so first of all, I ask myself that question like every morning, but um, on most days I conclude that Niged is a guy who was born April of 1989. And then if you fast forward to when I was in college, 2010, um, I was trying to decide what I was going to do after undergrad. I was at UC Berkeley as a psychology student, and I knew I was fascinated by a lot of what I was learning in social psych, cultural psych. Um, cognitive psych a lot of it was very interesting because it was diverse but it it all dealt with human behavior and all dealt with how people make decisions and why we act certain ways in groups and uh, i found all that very fascinating but then the practical side of me was like well become a researcher or i could try to apply that in a way that i thought might help be of service right mm -hmm. enter the uh, customer service world like a lot of us are in <laughs> now um in some fashion or another so i made the rash decision of going to law school which was a very expensive decision also <laughs> <laughs> but i ended up uh getting into uh, ut austin no longhorns um uh, it was unfortunately during the time yeah that's right hook em horns <laughs> hook em horns uh, I've been indoctrinated. I'm a, I'm a Texan now. Uh, but I get to say things like y'all now. So I get to avoid the whole like gender pronouns issue by just saying y'all. Can't That's, really get mad at someone saying y'all. Is that really just a Texan? Uh, I've, I've always said y'all. I'm not yeah, a Southern boy. I'm, like, I'm not a Southern I mean, I don't know how to break this to you, man. You might be Texan. Nah. <laughs> you know, I like, I like my oceans and, you know, wait, they have an ocean. They do too. Yeah, they have the Gulf you know, of I like, Mexico. I like living in a Get blue learned. state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But so you, uh, you, I'll say this you, Austin, Austin was not like the rest of Texas. Is it like Seattle or the South? 
people call it different things. They basically call it like the not Texas of Texas, essentially, is what it comes down to. Okay. Um, it's funny because when I was at, at law school, um, I graduated in 2014, but I think like 2012, uh, it was like Barack Obama was like still president. Mm -hmm. And um, there was like a lot of a lot of these red states like Texas were threatening to secede from the United States. <laughs> and so like the city council of Austin, where UT was, was like, well, if you guys secede from the United States, we're seceding from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so it just gives you a little glimpse into uh into what austin is inside the sea of texas how would that but work? i like it would be like the vatican like where, where it's like the, the vatican middle, is like certain yeah. like like a city or country i don't know yeah. if it's a country but yeah like yeah they'd have to like fly people out of yeah. out of austin <laughs> for the rest of the united states <laughs> okay. it'd be like 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 germany after world war ii or something yeah yeah, yeah. um the uh but you know austin was great uh law school was less great uh, you know, law school, man, it breaks it down. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like three years. Um, first year is really where they really they make you feel like you never learned anything and that you're learning for the first time in your life. Okay. Um, and, uh, but at, outside of that, uh, Austin was nice. So they kind of canceled each other out. But anyway, I, I, I finished law school 2014, took the bar exam in California. Mm -hmm. That was when to come back. Mm -hmm. And along the way, I'd always... I'd always been um, interning in the summers at like the public defender's office in Santa Clara County mm -hmm. uh, and other counties in the Bay Area. So I'd be interested in, I was interested in criminal law mm -hmm. and I had connections in, specifically in criminal defense. Mm -hmm. um, one of my mentors, Sajid Khan, who is a longtime public defender in Santa Clara County, but also recently ran for a district attorney to reform. Yes. Some of the practices in Santa Clara County. He didn't win, but uh, but he got a substantial number of votes. Mm -hmm. So um, was very proud of of that and that he was my mentor. So anyway, I after I finished law school, I eventually made my way into the public defender's office. Mm -hmm. I was in different ones, uh, once in Central Valley, and then actually uh, in Placer County, which neighbors. Oh yeah, Sacramento. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I spent some time there, a uh, very different place. Like you're driving up the 80 and then suddenly there's a sign that says, welcome to the state of Jefferson. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, being the color that I am, not happy about that every single morning driving into Auburn. But anyway, uh, eventually came back to Santa Clara County, which is where I'm from, and thought I would do that maybe for the rest of my career, be a public defender in Santa Clara County. Mm -hmm. But as we might discuss later, I... I think I realized that you could do a lot more good overall. Good being a very broad concept. Yeah. If you had a little bit more discretion than you do on a case by case basis when you're helping one person at a time, mm -hmm. which is not to say anything. I have all the respect for public defenders and including those I oppose in court now as a DA. Uh, and 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 the the good ones are really good, and they do their job well and actually makes the system work well. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I also think, I also do want to pitch in and say, you know, being a district attorney, as long as you're doing it for the right reasons and you have the right ethics could actually be, uh, a, a good position to help everybody in the criminal justice system. And so that's where I ended up and that's where I've been the last uh, two and a half years. Okay. Okay. Um, since you mentioned, you know, you went to, you went to Berkeley and then you went to UT Austin. Who's the most famous person that you've come across in college? 
So it's funny because I'd say uh, it's someone I didn't meet at UC Berkeley uh-huh. or UC Austin. Oh, okay. Because as Haytham knows, before I went to UC Berkeley, I was a, a, a community college student at De Anza College mm-hmm. in Cupertino um, before I transferred. And um, back then, there was a guy doing stand-up for MSAs uh, that are, you know, like 30 people in a room that was rented out last minute. Uh-huh. Um, cafeteria a guy by the name of hassan minhaj oh yeah who at the time Legend. uh was just getting on his feet i think it's as kind of an entertainer <laughs> he was and, and and hey man that that was a tough room he was in when i was in there. oh yeah i remember i think he was just getting started yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, but uh i remember you know it, it's a far cry from what we see now now he is a he's doug Kahn. yeah and the latest movie by uh Jennifer Lawrence, he's uh, he's actually on the big screen now. Yeah. As you guys probably know, and a lot of the listeners probably know, he's he's out there now. I think he did like a White House correspondence dinner yeah. once, and a lot of other stuff. Yeah. But he's probably the most famous person I met during my studies. Awesome, yeah, he's uh, definitely a legend. Um, mashallah. Like uh, when when I when I went, so I went to Davis, and when I went to Davis, I transferred there the year right after he graduated and there was there were always like you know like oh like hassan you know used to do this at the msa and you know blah blah blah. and when when he left he was just kind of getting into that um i think he started off in in hollywood um aside from stand-up comedy as like a writer on some shows and stuff like that and as time went on he just kind of got you know kind of blew up more and more and mashallah hassan if you're ever hearing this you got three uh very uh enthusiastic fans here i actually so. saw him inside you like, saw him uh, yeah him. i went to one of his live uh performances oh, for yeah. the what was it called? Yeah, the yeah. jester's yeah Jester's something okay okay yeah, yeah. He, didn't he have a performance at, at davis at uc davis yeah he at, had like, yeah, one of their, yeah. He, that was his first one he has a, yeah he has that like his a, first his like, first major one. major specials like yeah. homecoming king I think yeah and called. then his next one was some, something jester okay the king's just right awesome. and he went on to do like a netflix show yeah. he, i mean i think yeah. he's he's been he's kind of covered the spectrum yeah yeah bit. mashallah but awesome. they, they canceled him bro because he called them oh out the patriot oh yeah the, when they <laughs> called him when he called them out on their taxes yeah literally yeah, yeah. right after that he did he <laughs> called out saudi arabia that was the that was his yeah. first episode yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he, he came, he came out, out with a gate. freaking banger <laughs> blazing <laughs> yep but yeah he went all in so um speaking of texas uh, have you been paying attention to what's going on with uh, our beloved uh, Soheb Webb and Man, all that drama? Bro, what's going on? You don't know? You no, don't know about I that? honestly don't. Seriously? Okay. Okay. Naged, I'm a Phil Hamidin, and then you fill in the gaps where I'm missing stuff. So there's there's this guy named, Dan- I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. His name is Daniel Hakikaju. Okay. Yeah. And. Over the last couple of years, he's grown like an online uh, ilk or what is he? cult. He, he's 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 a um, I would say he's a more moderate Muslim version of Andrew Tate. Ugh. Um, in in that he's not as misogynist, but he does kind of say things like, "Oh, Islam teaches that, you know, uh, like you know, f- like the modern definition of feminism and Islam aren't really compatible." Oh yeah, I can get behind that, dude. 100%, yeah, percent. Yeah, one hundred percent, bro. <laughs> so, um. Recently, he called out Soheib Webb um, because uh, because Soheib Webb in the past 
retweeted or tweeted support for someone who or someone's like program i forgot what it was like was it an app or a program i forgot what it was exactly but basically this person came out later as a lesbian okay and he tried to spin it as Soheib Webb, this guy that millions of Americans look up to. By the way, if you're Muslim and American and you haven't heard of Soheib he's like Webb, the most iconic. Yeah, he's after Hamza Yusuf, one of the most influential, you know, probably in the imams tw- you know and shiuch post and, 2010. Yeah, um, but anyway, so he tried to call him out and saying, "Oh, he's he's he supports uh, of the LGBT lifestyle and things like that," and then. A couple, I think last week, he, he confronted, and, and then Soheib Webb replied to him on social media and was like, no, I don't like, like, or like you're, you're misrepresenting it or you, you know, kind of like a very pointed counterattack to him saying like, you, you're, you're not being truthful here. And he went and confronted him, uh, at the, at, at a mosque in Houston, basically. And, and I think I sent you is, this. Is he instant. trying to do his like five minutes of fame? Um, you could say that, but I, I think he doesn't need five minutes of fame. I think he's just I'm trying to, I think much. he's just trying to gain momentum to counter this moderate Muslim or progressive Muslim movement. And he basically was like, I pulled up this tweet from 2017 where you said this about this person and, you know, and then this person came out as lesbian later, you supported Noor Taguri who did a, an article in Playboy magazine. And so I would reply, Noor Taguri uh, was like, is, is like a Muslim news or media personality um, who is known for kind of pioneering being a news anchor while wearing hijab. And she was on Playboy? Uh, she did an interview with Playboy oh. when Playboy was pivoting away from, okay. you know, what, what they're known for. Okay. Nigad, did I miss anything? <laughs> I think you covered it mostly, but some of the context might be helpful. Yeah, too. yeah, for sure. Um, so, and this and this kind of dovetails with how I feel generally about just just these kinds of exchanges between Muslim public personalities. Yeah. But the context is uh, that Imam Sahib Webb was at a masjid in Houston. Uh, I think he was doing sort of a Houston tour, and as you probably know, there are a lot of masjids there, mm-hmm. and he was recorded. Uh, I think just as part of the recording of the programming, challenging Daniel Hakikadu mm-hmm. directly. Um, the challenges were like related to his uh, statements in the past about Imam Sahib Webb. And he was being tongue in cheek. He's like, I'll take him to Pinkerton's, like a famous halal, like brisket place in Houston. I'll take him to Pinkerton's. We'll talk, uh, talk it all out. He can bring the cameras, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Tongue in cheek, you know, like, hey, like, this is just mano y mano. Mm-hmm. If we're going to actually have a real discussion versus us changing, you know, response videos on YouTube. Um, and so I guess Daniel Hakikitu took that literally oh. and showed up at one of these events. But he showed up like with like a microphone and like a professional camera yeah. crew <laughs> and his boys, you know, yeah. and and like literal boys, like, you know, still, you know, not bad kids. (laughs) And he just, he just straight up showed up and, and had this debate with Suhaib Webb, like unsanctioned debate in front of the masjid. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, Haytham kind of covered what it was about, but, you know, my take on it was, first of all, you know, yeah, Imam Suhaib Webb, maybe he, he kind of, he kind of goaded him a little bit. I think, I think he's not to blame 
for feeling the way he felt because Daniel Kikuju is is like a provocateur. Yeah, like yeah. he he's trying to provoke. And so the real mistake, in my opinion, on Vim's Webb's part would have been just feeding into that. Mm-hmm. Giving yeah, him sure. any fodder. Acknowledge just giving him any fodder at all yeah. to do what he did and then to equivocate because now you have uh, this debate and people can point to your challenge mm-hmm. and if they really want to believe this guy mm-hmm. they could just point to that challenge and be like well you told him to do this <laughs> but really you know to me it felt disingenuous on daniel he could part this guy showed up cameras man he showed up with cameras he showed up with yeah. microphone he he also the things he was saying he was you know I'm a lawyer and so I'm not saying I have perfect perception of these things but the way he was trying to frame mm-hmm. things that were being said yeah by Imam Suhaib Webb over the various years whether you agree with Imam Suhaib Webb or not the framing was slippery yes right and it and it did not seem to me like it was on accident yeah you know I if you want so but even if it was that just shows you the problem with confronting someone this way and how reckless you could be yeah but uh but i don't think so i think the way he was doing it was very deliberate so yeah my ultimate opinion is it was like an ambush um but there's gonna be people who take one side or the other because they're sort of predisposed Mm -hmm. to one side or the other yeah yeah and 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 like you saw the video it was the first time i've seen Imam Suhaib Web like loses cool. Actually, and dude, are you sure you sent this to me? I, I Instagram don't, video. I don't remember. Bro, I sent this. I sent it to you on the thread. Dude, do you do, you, do you watch the things I said? Yeah, I do. Bro. I would have remembered this. Wow, bro. <laughs> what this, the hell is this? Word. Keep, keep scrolling. Hold on, Paul and Naged. We're doing some family therapy here. Uh, okay, is this where Jamie comes in? Dude, where is the, yeah, J- A-O Jamie? Hey, hold, no, no, no. You're you're way past it now. Okay. Anyways, maybe no, no. It's right there. Uh, Instagram. This guy's a clown. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, it, it's a oh, long video. Yeah. So okay. yeah, this video I sent. Okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay. So you did see. I thought okay. you. It was like an inside of Mezgit or something. Oh no, no, no. it was oh, that. Yeah, yeah. and, and it, was, it legit looked like a rap battle, yeah, but it was like yeah, not yeah, a rap. Yeah. And it was so like I agree with Niged that it was like, the, it it was full of moments where he would try to like bait Suhaib Web into saying something and be like, ha, got him. And then like the this thing, guy's just a freaking clown. Yeah, like 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 he he kept on trying to like feign ignorance to the fact that you can read an article without reading the entire magazine someone sends you an article right like if i send you a cnn article it's not like i'm sending you the entire cnn catalog of articles right is that what he was trying to argue so he's trying to say like oh oh so you read the 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 playboy article with nur toguri so you read playboy you read and, and he was just like no i read the article because she sent it to me so hey boy did her nikah so hey boy was close to, the, to to nur toguri like you know he so it's kind of one of those things where he, he was He's he's trying to take these like little cherry pick these little things and be like oh <laughs> you know just kind of yeah Bruce. so I think and I think the the real issue for me was piggyback off of what Haytham is saying yeah. you can still disagree with him Web on these things like you can say like yeah I wouldn't have supported that or something yeah. you know and we've had the we've had those debates before uh, my friends and I mm-hmm. and, and we land on various sides of it but but to me it's that's not what was happening exactly. here. What was happening was a collection ahead of time mm-hmm. of, you know, your best, you know, your best pot shots at somebody yeah. outside of a mess. Yeah. And then just trying to confuse enough people and they hear these words, right? They hear, 
playboy and yeah. queer and whatever these words they're using and they just start thinking whoa 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 is that what i'm endorsing by endorsing a membership yeah exactly right i mean there were a lot of tabloid headlines that you could have written just like imam reads playboy you know or something like that <laughs> like stuff like that but yeah so like I, I and then and again like we were kind of going back and forth about this um on our like group thread yes like yesterday um when we saw this video is like the state of like muslims on social media online at the moment is just so messy and i like and, and it's not just muslims like i don't I, but, but like you know this is a you know it's not, being a muslim american is in the backdrop of this podcast but it's just sad to me that um, you, you, you said something interesting, like the people that Daniel Hakikachu showed up with were young, young men. Some of them arguably like, you know, they're pathetic, still, not just pathetic. pathetic. No, no, they have, they I, haven't I, even, they haven't even, or they're just starting puberty dude, and, and, and let's call them, let's call them impressionable at least. Impressionable, Bro, right? Like there's this, all this, like walking around the line of like talking about like whenever people talk about like Andrew Tate supporters, like, oh, they're such impressionable little, you know, they're, they're stray and they're going astray, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, honestly, they're just pathetic. Yeah. Like, bro, like, why are we trying to no, like but, but no, but, but, pat but, them but, on the back? Like, oh, my, my bad, bro. You're yeah. just like a crazy little Nazi and a misogynist. Oh, my bad. Like, yeah. And, and no, but like that, like, <laughs> like that, dude. like that's the thing. It's, 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 it's kind of sad that, and we talked about this before on one of our previous episodes with even Andrew Tate, when he became, when, when he was, you know, thinking about becoming Muslim or when he became Dude. Muslim and everybody had acted like we had just signed like the, 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 the next like free the LeBron James. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bro, <laughs> the amount of people that were like, kind of like, just like give him another chance. And during the whole rape trial, I was like, Oh my God, they're going after him. Cause he became Muslim. It's like, yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah <laughs> you've got to be like but it is but it is sad you know it's like it's sad that like you know the thing is muslims are just not immune to like larger social forces out there 100%. and like social media social media is dude it's like the elephant in the room oh yeah that controls how you think yeah <laughs> so it's like it's just uh unfortunate because you know that even if people have personal accountability mm -hmm. for following these types of figures the amplification and the way that people are forced to communicate about these issues and the formats that they're offered like like comment by comment by comment or whatever or like you know one you know one comment and one video response or whatever and then how people get like influenced followers to begin with yeah. it's all just a humongous mess so people like this unfortunately will influence people mm -hmm. just by having the following they have yeah. just by having other people who listen to it watch it whatever share it yeah it'll influence people crazy yeah talking about muslims and being influenced online have you have you been on the um kind of pivoting away from this have you been on uh muslim marriage or muslim lounge on reddit <laughs> Because we've been talking about Bro, I'm married. Is this a trap? <laughs> no, 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 dude. I'm not even you like, trying to get Pull up your Salem's like, profile real quick. <laughs> no, I'm not, like, like, just in general, like, have you been, have you been? No, I haven't, bro. Is that a subreddit? First of all, you know I can't search it now until I know what it is. Oh, Muslim marriage but, is just a subreddit where people oh, were. I thought you were a day one supporter, man. We've been no, talking no, about this for a no, couple episodes. Talked now. about it. Hey, I'm not going on the subreddit, bro. Let me just say, man, when someone suggests a subreddit to me, it's almost always going to backfire on me. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you get some weird, some weird ones. Yeah, dude, just, just like, what definitely this? send them to me just so yeah. I can avoid them. The, yeah, so, so I think my- what, what's going on on there? No, it's it's just like a lot of. Uh, um, it's kind of sad. I don't know how to delicate. It's pathetic. It's sad. It's kind of dumb. Pe- people so a- people asking things. questions that amount to things like, "Yo, um, my wife, my wife doesn't eat halal chicken. I didn't know that that's how she was. Should I divorce her?" You know what's funny? Things like so, that. So I made that. So I made a fake post. Yeah, I made a fake post on the, on both of those, Fine. and it was like, "Oh, uh, I'm 16. <laughs> I just got married to my 26 year old wife." <laughs> And I just found out after our honeymoon that she ate Chick-fil-A. And I was talking about how, like, I'm, I'm in the bathroom. I'm crying. I'm, I just found out she doesn't eat Zabihanil. <laughs> Should I divorce her? <laughs> and half the replies were like, yo, how did you do that? How did how'd you, how did you a 16-year-old, get married? <laughs> and then a quarter of the two, two, only two of them were like, this has to be a troll. And then the rest were like, two, two or three of them were like, put your foot down. You yeah. know, put your put your pants on as the man you, you of the relationship. You have to protect your wife as a Muslim like, man. From, and from and others like divorce is kind of extreme. <laughs> Maybe start with this or that. Yeah, and I was like, dude. Honestly, the folks who responded honestly, like directly to the question, are the ones I'm most worried about. Yeah, because like I mean, you got a sixteen, you got someone identifying themselves as a sixteen year old who married like someone. They're they're a minor. <laughs> Who's past college age, and these dudes are just like, "Yeah, man, you guys got to put your foot down." And like, just diving right into it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's crazy, man. Hamid was just curious if you had any thoughts about Muslim subreddits, but they're pretty sad. Stay away from um, them if, if because they are a time. Mental health, I will man. Tell you. Mental health. If you're just trying to be like mentally. I mean, just generally, guys. Reddit's a problem for oh. me because it's just so. It's just like doom scroll central. Oh yeah, and all the subreddits and you know and the stuff that's like funny is the worst because it's usually not that funny but you just keep scrolling hoping the next one's funny yeah it's kind of yeah. like this weird low cost high reward thing yeah. that you're doing yeah exactly so because everybody's i mean i feel like a lot of subreddits problem, are like that the problem with muslim lounge and muslim marriage is like every other one is like gold it's like gold <laughs> it's like why it, Hamid has, has an unhealthy habit of going intentionally going to subreddits that, that upset me him. off man like, like european <laughs> like it's like his like, coffee in the morning dude. it's how he wakes up like <laughs> just think of creative subreddits to just type into the search yeah. bar and see what happens <laughs> anywho um so pivoting back to you niged you're an attorney so we're gonna we're gonna grill you on some attorney questions it's because if you deserve that bar yeah, yeah we're, we're not going to ask you legal questions or anything like well, i can already tell you i don't like i had to pay the right people but we can, <laughs> we can still talk about this yeah we'll uh we'll, we'll trust we'll, we'll trust i mean niged's been able to grift his way into where he's currently at so he must be doing something right so <laughs> so um, exactly you know one one question obviously let's get this one out the way um the current state of the supreme court um you know even you know as for muslims and non-muslims it's kind of scary to see this um, institution that I think, you know, you and I can both agree was, I think when it was intended to be apolitical, was intended to be like this balancing force between, you know, when, when things get polarized, it's supposed to be like, no, this is the law and, you know, this is what it means and, you know, and whatnot. But it seems in the last five years or so, um, 
it's it's kind of shifted away from that and it's it's kind of becoming one of those things where one party or another is clinging to you know one you know like like you know when when one supreme court justice is going to retire or passes away it's seen as this opportunity to seize political power through this apolitical institution so as an attorney you, i know that you follow the supreme court you commonly uh send you know us like you know like hey today this case is being argued and this is an interesting case because it can affect us in this way what are your thoughts on the current state of the supreme court and where did america go wrong in politicizing this institution well i'll just say i mean i think you can't can't seriously argue that supreme court is a political institution Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'll also say, because I think this is I don't something mean to that you, off. You, you say anymore, when, when were they like apolitical, honestly, you, you're, you're thinking you're reading my mind because what I was going to say is what people also ignore is that, um, there are times when the Supreme court has been highly political in favor of maybe more liberal policies mm-hmm. and, and times when it's been in more conservative policies, mm-hmm. what, what we have to acknowledge, and I'll say this about the current Supreme Court, is that it's just getting less uh, subtle, right? It's it was always a little bit more subtle. Just think back even to like how Congress used to be mm-hmm. in the early eight, late early, late eighties, seventies, eighties, before the nineties, before the Newt Gingrich era. Mm-hmm. People used to not say what they wanted to do so explicitly; they would just do it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and now there is like a culture war going on. And yeah, Supreme Court justices are human beings. They want to appear in Clarence as though, Thomas. He's a, he's a person. Uh, oh, actually, <laughs> sorry. That's the one footnote I'll drop on all this. We haven't actually checked if he runs on like unleaded gas. Or okay. Diesel. Doesn't he run on know. like uh, paid vacations to like, what was right. it, Malaysia? I think, Malaysia? I think it was unicorn blood or something. But anyway. <laughs> Um, but when you, okay, I mean, the bottom line is when you look at the Supreme Court today, it's just so much more obvious because of the, because of the precedents they're overturning mm-hmm. and the arguments that there are being lodged in their opinions, mm-hmm. you look at it and really what they're saying is we just really just kind of disagree for moral or ethical reasons with how that argument was decided in the past. Yeah. And when, when that's the case, really what you're talking about is policy. You can couch a lot of policy in legal language, right? So uh, one of the things that has been happening recently, whether you are a conservative or a liberal, you have to admit that there is this newfound power amongst some of the justices who used to be more obscure, right? We talked about Clarence Thomas. Mm -hmm. We didn't talk about uh, Justice Alito yet. Mm -hmm. But these guys used to be sort of, they didn't really have swing votes Mm -hmm. on things the way the Supreme Court used to look. Mm-hmm. When there was that balance, there was always the possibility that somebody can be convinced to sort of cross the aisle, if you will, mm-hmm. and create a big important case uh, with people he would normally, he or she would normally disagree with. And now we just have this new tool that's being used by Justice Alito and um, specifically Justice Thomas, which is a reinterpretation of history, mm-hmm. right? There was a gun case that was decided this term called Bruin. It's a New York versus Bruin. Mm -hmm. Basically a case about to what extent a person has the right to get a gun from the licensing authorities in their state 
even if they don't need a gun, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Thomas just uh, he expands the right, and basically by saying, "Here's what it looked like at the time of the founding," this is a common refrain for some of these justices, mm-hmm. right? But the reality is, we're not historians. Lawyers aren't historians. Supreme Court justices aren't historians. Mm-hmm. When they get these cases, they get like 50 briefs from different historians, and they all say different things. And they just look at the one that they favor the outcome for, mm-hmm. and they go, that's the history of the United States, even if there are differences of opinion, mm-hmm. and that's how I'm justifying the position I'm taking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that becomes the law of the land, and it gets framed as a, a legal decision. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, you already know how you feel about things, right? Like, you have an intuition, mm-hmm. and it's very hard to set it aside when, you know, fact, set of facts A leads to the outcome you want, set of facts B leads to the outcome you don't want, and they're both well-argued. You're going to go with A. You're just going to say that's what it was. Mm-hmm. That's what we've been seeing a lot of uh, with this new change, the composition of the court mm-hmm. i will say though to hamid's point like this was the other way for example under earl warren who even though i have a lot of respect and i'm actually you know i feel like we're beneficiaries in a lot of ways of some of the decisions that came out of the warren court mm-hmm. in the 50s and 60s uh and i can mention how that he wasn't like all that great as well mm-hmm. but uh there were there was a desire to expand civil rights yeah. right there was a clear desire to do that mm-hmm. And that's why you had interpretations of the U.S. Constitution that were the way they were. So it happens on both sides. I think the ultimate point is, you know, you have to just we have to start being honest about the Supreme Court, that it's not apolitical, Mm -hmm. that people make decisions based on how they feel and how how they voted and who they worked for and who they're around and who is who's benefiting them in life. Mm -hmm. And it's it's impossible for them to separate that from just a cold reading of the law and the history of the United States. Okay. So just to expand on that. So I want your opinion on this since like the Supreme court isn't elected. Are you open to the idea of having like an elected Supreme court, like direct representation from like an elected, like an elected by the people instead of used by different parties to basically just put in, like like Trump did with like four justices or or a future president if any of that happens again like w- would you be open to that no. that is an interesting idea i think um i think like a full on election the way that we uh elect presidents like, like every and other years, like every 10 years or something like there's something so it's not just until like a whole generation is bit like for example with the Roe v Wade a whole generation is going to be missing out on like a lot of like essential like um, healthcare needs for like for basically until like one of these people like a couple of them die and we can replace them basically like, here's, like here's what I'll say I you can vote it man I, <laughs> like, I mean you're you're being more, you're being more honest than the Supreme Court is being so I appreciate that because the reality is um, so to answer your question directly I think there's a lot of ways that we could address that elections is something I I would put as like sort of a tertiary way of dealing with it but there are some basic things that i think most people agree on for example lifetime appointment that can be modified we can amend the constitution it can be like 18 year terms and people say this number 18 a lot 
it's it's kind of arbitrary, but it's kind of not. Uh, the way that it's arbitrary is that 18 versus 19 versus 20, right? Mm-hmm. Who came up with that number? But the way that it's it's not is that 18 years or something along those lines insulates you enough from political pressure that your decisions in theory are going to be based on the law because you have 18 years of a long road ahead of you where you don't have to worry about who you're impressing and how much money you're raising and all of that. So um, I think I think there are some solutions like that, like, for example, creating a uh like an appointment body that has to sort of like there's the nlrb right we have the appointment um and labor related councils that vote on rules for employment and uh, law and how to interpret employment law if there was a mechanism for getting that so that you would have to go through like a council to even get to the point where a judge or a president could appoint you plus an 18-year term limit, you might get to a point where we have a more honest view of the Supreme Court. And that view would basically be saying, you're still a political body, but we're going to like, we're going to declaw you mm-hmm. the most we can. But why would um, you be against direct democracy that? though? Like just direct, like, like similar to how we vote for other like pol- politicians, like president or senators or stuff like that. Why would you be against this direct democracy? So I wouldn't say I'd be against it, but one of the things that we, um, one of the ways that the Supreme Court is viewed, if you just look at it structurally, it's supposed to be anti-majoritarian. That's what we call it. Meaning you, you want to protect minorities. That's the point of having a constitution, right? So if you have majority rule electing the president and electing Congress and also electing the Supreme Court, you could see how there's going to be a consolidation of power, right? Uh, between one set of ideas or parties or whatever. So if there was a wave, let's say, of conservatism, um, which we're sort starting to see a little bit in the United States, you could not I only have the president lot. be a con- <laughs> yeah, but you. you I mean, the, the point being, direct democracy is great for creating rules and laws that can be changed more easily. I think, and then the argument. Again, this is not this is subject to criticism, what I'm saying, but the argument against direct democracy for electing justices would be that the way that they would campaign and the way that we would vote on them would be majoritarian, meaning most of us want somebody because of what they're saying about what less of us want. Uh, it, it, it starts to feel more like they're just going to use their robe as a pretext for however they want to interpret the constitution and again i think we're all agreeing that to some extent that is happening but it's, and it's getting less and less subtle and i think we want to solve that so i just don't know if direct elections would solve that okay that's fair okay so i think he's a lawyer dude i, yeah, <laughs> I think he's a lawyer dude you're a lawyer harry <laughs> um okay so just want to make sure. I think your internet is kind of. Yeah. Bugging. Are we cutting off for you? No. Okay, cool. All right. Sweet. All right. Okay. So, next question. Okay, let's go. Sometimes scientists and doctors, right, will point to like Muslim scientists and doctors who might have converted or 
something will, or even who are practicing might point to an ayah or a miracle in the Quran or hadith or something that affirms their faith or something that called them to Islam or spoke to them about Islam. In science, it's kind of easy because, you know, scientists, you know, they, they, they study like natural phenomena and stuff like that. Things in the legal world might not work that way. But is there anything in our like Muslim tradition that that was like that for you as a lawyer? Not necessarily reaffirmed your faith, but maybe something that you studied and you were like, wow, the way that Islam addresses this is so perfect or, or something like that. So I, I kind of have two answers to this. Um, mm -hmm. So, for example, when um, when I was a defense attorney, I remember a more specific example of that would be when I felt that my innocent client was convicted of crime. Mm -hmm. And I would I remember thinking to myself, uh, first of all, I thought if I was the DA, I wouldn't have prosecuted this. <laughs> OK, well. I can have that choice now, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but the second thing I thought was amazing how Islam codifies a lot of the ideas that we aspire to in the criminal mm -hmm. justice system mm -hmm. and like the system, English common law, where we got it from. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the more famous quotes from a an old jurist who was an English jurist, uh, Justice uh, William Jurist William Blackstone was that it is better that ten guilty men go free uh, than for one innocent man to be convicted. And I I always thought that's that's a good point. Obviously, although I don't want anyone guilty to escape accountability, mm -hmm. um, I I understand the principle is basically saying when you accuse somebody, you have to be sure. You have to be sure, like beyond a reasonable doubt yeah. um, and then islamically when you think about it we have even stories like of, of the <laughs> not just the sahaba but the scholars that interpreted the quran and interpreted the hadith and other modalities mm -hmm. and they actually would say things like hey eyewitness accounts four you know four people have to witness this yeah. and be people of good character yeah. as well that comes into that comes into law here in the United States as well, character. And I remember an example, and I don't know if this is based on a true story or not, but it came to mind during that the end of that trial when my client was convicted. Mm -hmm. uh, it was an example of a man who walked by essentially what was like a hut or a tent, mm -hmm. and the tent, you know, it's like made of like linen or something, mm -hmm. and the the front of the linen, like where the door would be, mm -hmm. like. A, a wind, like a windstorm came by and it like blew it up. Mm -hmm. And when he looked inside, he could see a man and a woman being into mm -hmm. right. And they were not, they were not married. Right. So what he believed he had uh, witnessed was uh, like adultery, right. Which would have been, which is a crime in Islam. Yeah. Right. So when it was reported though, his testimony was stricken and, and the argument <laughs> For why it was stricken, even though it's so valuable, oh, you, you eyewitness this, yeah. was that someone of good character wouldn't be hovering around somebody's front door like that, close enough to witness this, yeah. right? And I thought to myself, man, like that's what I was thinking in that case, because that that was kind of the issue in that case, yeah, right? Yeah. And I thought to myself, like, yeah, that this is this, and this was, you know, talking 600 AD yeah. when we're getting these principles 
and they're building on other principles that we already had from other prophets too. So that was a moment for me that I really felt, you know, I'm very, I'm very happy that this is how I sink my mind and how Muslims sink their minds about, about these issues. They sink very much. Very much. They sink very, very big. They sink you very much. So uh, kind of a sillier question here. Okay. Um, Who's your favorite Supreme Court justice and why is it Clarence Thomas? Oh, dude, easy. <laughs> oh, man. So first of all, as the first cyborg, as the first cyborg to become Supreme Court justice, he has broken so many barriers. Um, and I think he's actually working on his own Black Mirror episode right now. It's about him becoming president, I think. But anyway, um, no, seriously, though, you know, this is a tough one because let's be completely honest as Muslims here. Mm-hmm. like. Every Supreme Court justice has crazy flaws, crazy flaws. Like they're all people at the end of the day. Like let's break again, like let's break down this whole idea that there's something special about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're smart. And yeah, so a lot of them try to do the right thing. But I'll just I'll answer it this way. I think my favorite Supreme Court justice is the one who did the stuff that I think will will ultimately help the institution be better. Mm -hmm. And so my favorite is actually uh uh, John Marshall, okay. who is the second Supreme Court justice, yep. wasn't he like Chief Justice of the United States? Wasn't he the guy who basically like did the modern Supreme Court? He, like, he pretty much, yeah. yeah. He, and he that's wrote, actually he wrote why the decision that gave the Supreme Court the right to Mar- Marbury versus Marbury, Madison. Yeah. Okay, uh, and actually, that's why I liked him because I think he did something very interesting, but again, something very political, mm-hmm. right? And but he was kind of open about it at the time. Yeah. By the way, at the time. Being like a Supreme Court justice was like worse than being like a local city council member. <laughs> like it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. You know, like nobody wanted to. In fact, the first, the reason he became the chief justice mm-hmm. was because John Jay, like he got a gig as governor of like New York or New Jersey oh. or something. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to take that because I don't want to do this anymore. But that's what, yeah. Oh, how the turn tables, man. Yeah. Now they're power brokers, man, but they just won't say it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway, he, he actually, he has Marbury versus Madison, where in that case, you know, the funny thing about it is he, uh, he was trying to show that the Supreme Court has the right to interpret the Constitution. And that's what that Supreme Court precedent said, mm-hmm. is that at the end of the day, like when, when there's a Supreme Court case and you're, the question is whether this is constitutional or not, we decide that, Yeah. right? Believe it or not, there was a world where nobody knew if that's what the Supreme Court's job was. Mm-hmm. So he like gave themselves this power. But what I always find so fascinating about that is that he was clever enough to rule in favor of the president at the time so that the president at the time would enforce that ruling. Mm-hmm. And thereby, you created this system, right? Where like, okay, I can get on board with the Supreme Court interpreting <laughs> the U.S. Constitution. That's political at the end of the day, right? Yeah, yeah. But he gave that, he gave, I think it was uh, President, I think it was Madison, right? So I think he gave him, um, he basically allowed him to like nullify something that the previous president had done. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he said, yeah, because the Constitution makes that illegal for the other president to have done that and it allows this president to do X, Y, and Z. And the reason I know that is because I'm interpreting the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> So yeah, I mean, like he's he, and and now we have all other cases go through the Supreme Court that way, mm-hmm. 
And the reason I think that's, as a lawyer, I think that's great because at the end of the day, I think like that's how you have some balance in this crazy political system that we live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, we've talked about all the inefficiencies though, but I still think it's good that like when they issue a ruling, both other, both other branches have to listen to it and nobody questions that yet. We'll see what happens. How funny would it forward. be if Clarence Thomas, because of how originalist he is, like just was like somehow took the opportunity to try to overturn that. Like, hey, we should right be abolished. He, actually, right before he dies, I, I don't even like being here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just want to. Homie has like just... ninety eight, and he's like, nah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it would have been fu- way funnier like eight years ago, yeah. and now he's like, right, and now he's writing like a lot of the opinion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, okay. Another kind of silly question. Okay, you have been tasked to create grand theft auto a grand theft auto type game but for attorneys how does that game look uh grand theft auto attorneys um okay let me think not here. necessarily grand theft auto attorneys but a grand theft auto style game for attorneys okay yeah, yeah. i think we can actually make it like grand theft auto though okay. here's how right <laughs> so you're like a grand you're like a grizzled 50-year-old dude, right? And you like like you got you always have a five o'clock shadow. Always. And and so the the way the game would start, right, is like it's like a set like the sound of an alarm clock going off. Mm-hmm. Graphics would be dope, of course, because this this could come out in like 2040 yeah, or something. Yeah. It'll be in like the metaverse or something. Yeah, on your vision pro. But so on your vision pro. Yeah. There'd be an NFT and everything, all the all the things. Okay. Yeah. So this guy he wakes up, he goes to the bathroom he's looking at the mirror that's also the medicine cabinet and he just bristles at himself right and then opens the medicine cabinet takes out like five prescription medications downs like four pills from each one right and then slams the the medicine cabinet shut and you can just see him again and then he just like starts washing his face the next thing you see right is he's in a suit uh-huh. our main character and he's out on the street like all the gta characters are he's like walking around the street yeah but instead of trying to hijack cars, he's trying to chase ambulances. <laughs> <laughs> and if he catches one, right, then he gets to hire. He gets to be hired by the person in the back of the ambulance for their personal injury loss, right? Kind of sounds and like, like Better Call Saul. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. And the way you win, the way you win, is if you get a million dollars in settlements before the cartel kills. There you go. So that would be my game right there. Mission unlocked, all that stuff. Can you imagine the NPC? Uh, game? The, the final boss is like when you had, it doesn't matter whether you have 900000 or like $999,000 already. Uh-huh. No matter what, the game won't let you get a million until your last case goes in front of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. There we go. Love it. Okay. Um, here, here's a good one for you. Uh, what do you think is more likely to happen? The government mandating that we all become gay or the government taking away all of our guns? I think... <laughs> you don't have to answer that. Here's, I just, here's, the, here's the funnier... Here's the funny part of that, okay? Yeah. I, think, I think the way conservatives love their guns, you might have, and the way liberals feel about um about alternative lifestyles in general yeah. okay i think you might have consensus around 
everyone's saying, okay, here's a deal. Here's the deal. No more gun restrictions. <laughs> but we will all all be mandated to be living gay lifestyles. <laughs> and I, th- I honestly think conservatives might get behind it if they were put to that choice. If they're put to that choice, it's a real choice, and they had to pick one or two. There's no option three. I'm talking, you know, everyone is showing up at the gun range with their with their AK-47 that they get to shoot, and then going home to Larry or Bill or Steve or whoever. God damn it, Bartholomew. You heard it here first, God damn it, Bartholomew. Pass me that AK. I ain't letting that go. <laughs> Sweetheart. You really have a way with words, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always felt something there, man. <laughs> okay. Um, so, <laughs> I thought of this question. Has your training in a profession as, that, that is so focused on arguing and logic and like winning arguments in general, has that ever helped you win an argument and then you walked away, like outside of the courtroom, and, and have you walk away and be like, wow, that was a super dumb argument. And I feel, I feel just a waste of time having won that argument. Okay. As a married man. Okay. All right. I tried not I to frame win. it as a at home <laughs> question. Okay. <laughs> I do not win arguments. Okay. I do not win arguments. <laughs> I, uh, the only arguments I actually win these days are like the ones against my nine month old son. Okay. Because. The way I see it, right, is like he can't really articulate his position. He can just articulate his feelings. Mm. And I can always get the last word and just walk away. <laughs> and uh, and I, I see that as a win, right? I'm allowed to do that with him. Um, and, uh, and then come back later and see how he's doing and all that. But, you know, by then he by then he's accepted my authority on the issue. Nice. You know, so, yeah. Uh, in terms of an actual dumb argument, I think uh, when I was in law school, I was trying to play basketball, pick up basketball. <laughs> And I remember, I I was so stupid to even say this, but I remember trying to actually argue to the guys that I was getting skipped for my turn, right? And I I think it's true. I was getting skipped. And they tried to explain to me like, hey, like, no, we have like another group that we play with. And since there are three of us here, the guys behind you play with us to form five, yeah. right? And I'm like, wait a second. I mean, I'm number four waiting to play. I should get to play. We had this whole debate. and. At the end of the at the end of the argument, I just blurted out. I was like, you know what? I'm a I'm a law student. Okay, I understand that you know that this is like some kind of discrimination or something, and I can get the university involved and all. I actually went all the way in because I was too frustrated with these guys. I really felt like there was like an element of discrimination. <laughs> but then I felt really dumb because I was arguing to play with a bunch of racists. You know, play back. like what was I gonna get out of that? Right. All right, fine. You can play with us, and then what? Yeah. Right? Watches a bunch of guys can't dunk and can't shoot. I mean, I don't know. Like, what? What was I gonna get out of that? And uh, I ultimately just stormed off anyway. So I guess we'll never know. No. Yeah, I gotta agree. Um, that does sound uh, that does sound like you could have used your time for better things. <laughs> okay. Um, what is a crime that most people are guilty of? But they aren't in jail just because it's too cumbersome to enforce. And I'm not talking about like your your petty traffic, like you didn't stop at the stoplight for two seconds. But is there something like a statute tax fraud? Or, yeah, something that you're aware of tax fraud. <laughs> is there something that you're aware of that you're like, wow, most people do this, but we just don't. Do people pay their taxes? We don't these just days? don't bring them in. For, I Wait, pay my taxes. You pay tax? Oh, 
Well, there you go. Probably- I, I think there, I think there's there are a few different things, but I think one of them that sticks out that I'm not so worried that we're not enforcing because I feel like yeah, on the other side of it, there there are inequities. Mm. Is like kind of like wage theft and embezzlement at work. Mm. Like for example, like you know sometimes people are. Um, you know, I don't I don't want to sometimes somebody is like, you know, using company property for like, I don't know, like a resume or something like that. Right. Or like what like a state like using stapler paper for something that they're going to do at home or like boarding pass for tickets or whatever. Mm-hmm. Technically, technically, you're not allowed to do that. So you're kind of like using like your employer's property. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's like a technical argument for like, oh, that's like embezzlement or something you know what i mean but it's so minor and and then i have to i cannot stress enough mm-hmm. that for every one of those there is like an employer is like abusing an employee and violating like federal employment law uh like making them skip breaks or like making them stay late and not paying them overtime or like making them log their time as like having left at a certain time when really they stayed later than that, but they just don't want to pay them overtime. And I feel like a lot of it happens in the employment context. But that's like my general answer. Because I feel like that's where you kind of have this weird, you have like this weird formal but informal relationship. Yeah. And not everybody knows what everyone's doing at the same time. Okay. All right. One more semi-serious question. And then we're going to get into some games. All right. Okay. Ooh. The biggest delusion that you've had to come to terms with as an attorney. I know when I say delusion, like like something that you you went into the practice of law, you're like, this is how it is. And then once once you started practicing law, you're like, oh, my God, I have to completely get rid of that assumption. I'd say more like an illusion for me, because for me, it looked, looked. Okay. So I'd say it looked very venerable Mm -hmm. from the outside, Mm -hmm. right? Regal, like. Everybody is above board. All the judges know how to be judges yeah. <laughs> and have the temperament to be judges. And like after I like did my first trial, I realized there's so many, there's just so many uh, inefficiencies. Like people are not always there. A lot of the time, what people are worried about is efficiency. They they want like they want cases to go away and they want people to compromise more than they should and they want you know things to move along more than they care about it being fair right okay. and it's kind of unfortunate but like you know there's all this volume cases and so i actually learned a lot that like you know at the end of the day unfortunately a lot of judges are more worried about having less work to do <laughs> than they care about doing the right thing in that individual case and that's not that's not the majority but that's what i learned i never thought that was something that you can get caught up in and now now i realize like if i ever like end up in a misdemeanor court for anything Mm -hmm. right like just just because someone wrote me a citation for something and like i I can be completely innocent but the first day i show up there's gonna be an offer they're gonna threaten me to take it or that's gonna be withdrawn i'm not even gonna have a chance to talk to an attorney yet Mm -hmm. You know, all these things because the like a sausage factory, right? It's like 
we want to push you through as quickly as possible, yeah. get our conviction or, or whatever, and get you out of here. Like you're at the DMV, except it's with your life, you know? Okay. So, so you're saying judges want to do the least amount of work just to, just to get through cases, right? Sort of? Yeah. Or, and I'll, more broadly, like judges are pressured too because like they mm -hmm. have so many things to do mm -hmm. and they have their own bosses yeah. and so they have to find a way to get it all done and to me that's just not the way that you litigate a case judges are just like us implement sharia law implement law be your boss oh very sharia law we have to you will see all the baraka <laughs> that comes to those courts Brother, just go in the court and say i do not accept your I do not accept your man-made laws. Only oh, judge no. is Allah. <laughs> Imagine how that would go. The guy is like, subhanAllah, and everyone claps. Have you seen, have you seen that video? Yeah, well, in San Francisco, yeah, you would get, you'd get a standing ovation. And then, <laughs> but in like, and then once you say Sharia like, Allah, they'd be like, oh, oh, nah. In Placer County, they would, uh, you know, just, they would just yell, stop resisting. And then, you know, yeah. you know the rest. <laughs> have you seen that video of the kid who's like, Trying to tell his teacher that he's the alpha in the classroom. Oh my! He's like, dude, I do not again, recognize again, your authority as the teacher, dude. I am the. I, I feel like that's how it would be. Like the judge would be like, okay, you can you can abide by Sharia law if you want, but here in my court, we're not doing that. We abide by my laws, boy. Okay. All right. So here we go. We're gonna play a game where we're gonna have you rank five Supreme Court justices, but it's gonna be a blind ranking. So oh, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a name and then you have to put him on a you know from one to one to five so that's a lot do you know all the supreme court justices Niged recites is it the current morning. one <laughs> if it is the current ones i know them all yeah okay there's just nine of them oh no no no, 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 no. Like i'm talking about all of the, them historically do you want to do do you want to do the current nine we could do the current nine no no let's Current nine is too easy. Okay, man. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'll know what's Where's coming. You know, <laughs> number one. Okay. Um, no, we can do historical okay, justice. Okay. As long as you pick people that are notable, I'll be able to get an idea. I'm just telling you, I'm generating it from all 111. Okay. okay. <laughs> so hopefully, we'll see. Some of them are. Notable. I don't even know what's coming next anyway, so I have to just guess statistically if it'll be someone way worse. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So the first one is. It's like a wheel. That's a spin. The spinning wheel thing. Okay. He is. Who do we get? Earl Warren. Okay. So let me ask clarifying question here. <laughs> yeah. It, the, the, when I rank him, yeah. am I rank, I rank them one to five. I say one, I say a number yeah. for him. Right. And that's the number I think he is in this list. Right? Yeah. But you don't know. Like, who's coming one next. being the best. Yeah. You don't know who's coming next. <laughs> All right. Um, it's gonna be hard to get higher than Earl Warren, uh, just because like one hundred and ten others. There's so many bad ones. There's so many bad ones. So, um, I'm gonna put him at dude. I'm gonna put him at. I'm gonna put him at number one. Okay. I'm gonna put him at number one. Fair enough. I, I just think, I think, I think we're not gonna get. I think most people would agree. Uh, what did he do that was notable? What did he do that was not? He had, a, he had Miranda rights and um, other civil rights cases that were huge. Well, he also had Brown versus Board of Education. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, he, he, he got around. He got around. 
I've never heard of this one. John Rutledge. Oh, okay. I am familiar with I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I don't wanna go five because I just feel like someone <laughs> someone worse might like, I feel like the guy who wrote plus E V Ferguson is gonna be on here. Oh. Um let's say four. Okay. I'm gonna put him at four. What, do you do? what was like a notable thing he did? He was just a cons- like a conservative judge that was old and white. So I mean I'll leave it at that. So a lot of nothing notable like like that you infamous that you talk about, but his his view on the law was very conservative. Okay. He was a curmudgeon. <laughs> okay. He said it like it is. Next one. I, I feel like I've heard this one, but you probably are more familiar. Robert C. Greer or Greer. Yo, I'm actually like not familiar with that. Okay, let, let's see. Uh, hold, hold, let, let me see if I can pull up a famous case that he wrote a decision for. Okay. Just to give you, just to give you context. Uh, oh my God, he looks like... Um, <laughs> That's an old Okay, name. so he... Oh my God. Supreme Court Justice. Okay, it seems like he was involved in Cook v. Moffitt. Um, which was a bankruptcy case. And he authored a decisive majority opinion on the question of contracts in Richmond v. Fredericksburg, which I don't know if you know about. Sounds like super innocuous. I don't know him very well. I'm just going to say, I'm going to put this guy at three. Okay. I'm going to put him at three. He wrote about bankruptcy and contract. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Watch, there's like some, there's like some like contract attorney out there who's like, oh, how do you not know? How do you not know about <laughs> ignorance? <laughs> okay, so we got the two slot and the five slot remaining. Let's see who we got. And oof, that's like a big divide right there. Yeah, Amy Coney Barrett, Howell E. Jackson. Ooh, okay, I'm gonna need a clue for this one too. I think there's a lot of Jackson. Yeah, yeah, no, fair and enough. So, like, fair enough. Um, all right, let's see. Let's see who we got. Okay, Howell E. Jackson. He died in 1895. Ooh, he looks like one of those people during the he Civil War like the era. KFC. He might be on either side because he, he looks... has like he he, he <laughs> looks he looks well kempt, but he has a really long white goatee. But he's born after, so he's good. No, dude, he was in office 1893. Yeah, he would have been after okay. Civil War. All right, let's see what decisions did he write. Um. Colonel Senate tenure, circuit judge, and then, okay, Supreme Court. Um, He was appointed by President Harrison during a lame duck term. Um, And it doesn't seem like he did anything. Okay, Pollock v. Farmers Loan Trust Co. That Jackson's name would have been buried in the coffin of historical neglect if it were not for his participation (laughs) in this single case. Which essentially held that, uh, dude. Was, I feel better now. <laughs> it, it, it struck down income tax imposed by the Wilson Gorman Tariff Act. That's all I can give you because I have no idea what that is. I feel like he. I, right. I feel he sounds. He sounds like a, he sounds like he's probably probably a. What, what we would call today like a libertarian because that was more common back then. Okay. There was this thing, there was this era called the Lochner era in the Supreme Court okay. where the Supreme Court, that happened mostly during FDR's time, but this is like right before that. Okay. But 
that was when they were basically like striking down every social program and any tax and basically saying like no like you can't can't prevent corporations okay. from doing certain things and you can't tax them a certain way okay anyway i'm gonna i'm gonna take a risk and put this guy at five okay. just because he sounds unimportant <laughs> so i don't want to rank him number two. or jackson Pat, but now I'm stuck, oh, man. Was, you wait, better not get me. It's Clarence Thomas, and he asked yeah, me to bro. rank him too. <laughs> yeah, what if Clarence? Dude, if you, 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 if you rigged this, I didn't. Well, well, I will not forgive it. you. <laughs> you see this thing? It's <laughs> Amy Coney Barrett. Watch what. Uh... Huh. Charles Hughes. Don't know who that is, but we don't have a choice. Right. He's number two. Right, let's let's look him up. Kid has ranked right below the great Earl Warren. <laughs> Okay. Charles Evan Hughes, that guy? Yeah. Uh, apparently, he's also like a. He was other things. Okay. <laughs> uh, which. Oh my God. Yeah, he definitely looks like a banker. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, that that's. Dude. I, I, I'd say this is, you know, pretty. Expo- oh, exposing corrupt insurance companies, exposing corrupt utilities, governor of New York. Reforming state government, organizing the Baptists. Man, you get this is a great. <laughs> okay. Okay. Disappointing second term. Okay, hold on. Let's see. Let's see yeah, what he did in the two. Supreme. Man. Oh, hold up. This sounds like a good case for him. Yeah. This sounds like a good case for him. Um, Gwyn v. United States. He joined the majority decision in that 1915 case of Gwyn versus United States, which outlawed the use of grandfather clauses. To determine voter franchises. Hey, that's good. Yo, that's good stuff. Sounds like a this, straight. This badass. list came out pretty. Dude, number two. What can yeah. I say? What can I say? So we got Earl Warren, Charles Hughes, Greer, or Greer. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name. John Rutledge, and then Howell Jackson. So yeah, man. There we go. A couple of nobodies <laughs> and like three nobodies and like two might have done something good. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I, I'd say you took the right risks at the right times for, for this list right here. Yo, I'd be happy to rank the current Supreme Court one to nine, like rapid fire. Do it. All right. Going going in order of one, two. I'll go from one to nine. Yes, go ahead. Be very obvious. Yeah. Okay. So I'd say number one, Sotomayor. Okay. Say number two, mm-hmm. I'll put, um, I would say is Kagan. Uh, okay. Number three, not it's not Katanji uh, Brown Jackson. It would be um, um, uh, Supreme, no, the Chief Justice uh, Roberts. Roberts. Uh, Roberts. Okay. Okay. Then Katanji Brown Jackson. Okay. Then I'd put um, Gorsuch. Okay. I think he's just honest about. Oh yeah. Being, being Out of all the jerk. Trump appointments, he's, he's the one that I'm like, I know what I'm getting with this guy. Yeah, he's an honest jerk. He's like exactly. He's like, I am a jerk. I just read. I read and pretend like people aren't people. They're just robots, and I'm a robot. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um. So he's number five. Okay. I'd say, Coney Barrett, number six. Kavanaugh, number seven. And get this. All right, Thomas eight. Okay. Alito nine. Okay. All right, because yeah. I'm just getting the energy I get from Alito is 
angry old white yeah. dude I, the, energy. The, 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 what I get from Alito is now's my time. Just exactly. Now's my time to just impose my will on you know it's like he's like he's like the guy who's like was never allowed to like turn the yeah. water hose on like the kids on his lawn and now he's allowed to do it you know and he's just doing it he's just doing it until like yeah. until he dies yeah, exactly <laughs> okay okay i i i think that that is that is fair that's a fair uh one to nine ranking okay um okay so there's a game popular game played uh you know it's called uh f mary kill uh, but we've we've repurposed this game, prosecute, defend, collude with. Okay. So okay, okay. I have a list of historical figures, CEOs, social media personalities. Okay, and we're gonna do the first round not blind. So I'm gonna give you all three names, and then you tell me where you would put them. But then the next round, we're gonna do it blind. So you're going to, you're going to, I'm going to give you a name and then you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to put this one in prosecute and then, okay. And this is your opinion on, or this is what you think would be, you know, which one would you like to prosecute? Which one would you defend and which one would you collude with? All right. Okay. So sounds good. Okay. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Let me generate the three names. One second. Okay. So name number one. <laughs> Starting off with a banger. <laughs> Elon Musk. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. So hold on. Let me just write it down. Elon. Okay. And then name number two. <laughs> this is Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, no. Wait. Uh, Martin Luther King. Oh, man. You know, I, this could take a turn, guys, <laughs> depending on how I do this. And then number three, last but not least, Oprah. <laughs> All right, bro. Okay. okay. I feel like this is actually a very forgiving this is, this list. Is honestly, like an easy one. This is a yeah, very forgiving list. I feel like this list, is a very bro. kind first. Uh... Right. <laughs> I mean, it's going to get, I'm not going to get all three names next time. All right. Well, I mean, I think, I think I'm going to vote with the rest of America here okay. that um, if I have to prosecute one of these three, the Elon Musk boy, okay. um, CEO of threads, I mean, Twitter, <laughs> um, and I defend MLK. Okay. And I would definitely collude with Oprah because she knows how to get stuff, man. Yeah. She knows how to get stuff. She knows how to get resources, and, and, and honestly, like she, she smiles. We got him. Yeah, we got him. We got him. <laughs> lawyer. I said I would, bro. There's no thought. Well, you do admit that you would collude. I'm gonna see you we at the Houston, lawyer, Houston Masjid parking lot. You heard I have from him us, right guys. here. We got him. Negedzeki. Bring, bring your boys. Bring your microphone. <laughs> okay, so now we're gonna get three names, but you have to you have to categorize them in real time. Okay. Here we go. It would really All right, here we go. And I'm going, I only get to pick, each person only goes in one category, exactly. right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, here we go. This is a fun game. I feel like we could uh, sell it at Target. For like 20 bucks. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Julius Caesar. Yo, okay. So the next two names, I have to 
I'm going to get stuck at the end, right? Yeah, wherever wherever you put Julius Caesar, you will not be able to put the next. All right, man. I I I will I will collude with Julius okay. Caesar because I feel like this. I, th- I feel like we'd get away with it. Yeah, I feel like we'd get away with it, dude. Oh well, we know how it ends, yeah, but like while he's alive, you get away with it. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna collude with anybody, the Emperor of Rome would. would... I mean, honestly, to think about it, I could collude with him and then be part of the same group. That exactly get away with me. <laughs> Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner. Y'all know what I want to say. <laughs> um, what would she do? That she ran over a pedestrian. I don't know. That's that's, that's, that's her the dad, dad, bro. Dude, bro, or, not all mom, genders um, look alike. Her mom, sorry. <laughs> for the sake, you know what? All right, I'm gonna say for the sake of entertainment, I'm going to say that I would defend. Okay. Court. Okay. I don't think I don't think she would do anything violent. I think she would. And, 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 do something and I think practice. I think many yeah. juries would be favorable to her as well. If I'm, and I, I think at the end of the day, I convince her to follow my lead, court. But I'm just hoping the next draw, I didn't mess this Bro, up. You, I'm not you are being anyway. saved by the wheel, PewDiePie, PewDiePie. Oh, easy. Hey, yeah, I don't have a choice, bro. I'm sorry, PewDiePie. I got to put you in prison for the rest you're of your gonna, life. You're you can make your YouTube videos. Are you gonna prosecute my boy PewDiePie? Yeah. Okay. He is not your boy. He is not your boy. <laughs> Ask him how he feels about you. <laughs> okay. That was fun. That was fun. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. Uh, do that again. Do that again. You want, you want, do you want to do it again? Do you want to do a blind one or a not? I, I had three rounds, but I, I, I don't want to tire you out. But yeah. Oh, dude. Let's do, let's do one more round. Let's do. So because that first non-blind round was too easy, let's just do one more. Hopefully it'll be a dilemma for okay. me. I can uh, have to a non-blind round. Yeah, okay. where I get all three games and okay. I gotta try to okay. match it up. Perfect. Okay. All right. So your first name is Kim Kardashian. Okay. Keep it interesting. <laughs> right. Um, and then where are you get? Why, why am I getting Kylie Jenner and Kim Kylie Kardashian? Jen, like, where are you pulling these names? I ch- asked ChatGPT, "Hey, give me thirty names of celebrities, historical figures, and tycoons of business." And yeah, okay. Joan right. of Arc. Joan of Arc, number two. Okay. 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 And then. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, this next name might make or break this round. Are you familiar with Charlie D'Amelio? Oh no! Hold on a second. Is this the is this the mukbang guy? No. I got. Charlie D'Amelio is like she was. She was this like a, a different one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah, yeah. let's, let's all right. Is, now I need to know who that is. is she's she's like TikTok a TikTok dancer. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, hold on. Okay, well, uh, let's give you a different name. Let's give you a different name. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, okay, here we go. Not, I wouldn't here be able to categorize it. Queen Elizabeth, the first, the first Ooh. monarch of Ooh. the golden age. How controversial do I want to be? Yeah. Uh. Okay. So let's put this. So here's what I'm seeing. Okay, I'm seeing modern day influencer. 
I'm seeing a liberation fighter, and I'm seeing the biggest British person thief of all time. <laughs> a Brit. <laughs> the sweetest, the sweetest thief of all time. <laughs> Let me let me let me let me let me reason through this. Okay, let me tell you. Okay, this is how I'll be thinking about. All right, okay. Hear me out. So I think if I wanted to win the case, right, I would be prosecuting a person in their era at their time, right? right? I have to assume that. Yeah. Okay. If that's if that's what we're gonna assume, then I want to prosecute Joan of Arc (laughs) because. We know how that ended, bro. He got burned at the stake. Yeah. And that was not, you know, I'm not a fan of that, but I think the prosecutor had an easy job in that case. It was just like, yeah, she's a woman she and she's sink. a witch or something like that. Yeah. Tie some rocks. Did she sink? Yeah. Did she sink? <laughs> if she didn't, we're going to make her sink. Um, so, yeah, obviously tongue in cheek. But I think I would prosecute Joan of Arc. Mm-hmm. I would defend <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> In court for all the monuments she stole <laughs> from Africa and India and like all the people that died because we were taking all the resources while they couldn't eat. Okay. Uh so it'll be a really big case. Uh but I feel like I could put her on the stand and she could just smile nicely while she's eating like cookies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just kinda persuade the jury that none of this really happened and that she's a kindly Look old at lady. A sweet old woman. And if like they did exactly. it, kind of like a Mrs. Doubtfire situation. Yeah. <laughs> and if they don't rule yeah. for her favor, you know. Yeah, we all know what would happen. And, and at the end of the day, yeah, She's if I defend woman. her really well, and <laughs> if she goes down, she goes down on the charges. I mean, I'm not mad. Yeah. <laughs> so that leaves Kim Kardashian to collude with, and I, I guess that would mean I have to collude with uh, her. Do you mean? But that wouldn't get us anywhere, man. Like aspiring you like, attorney Kim Kardashian. Is she actually? right? Yeah. yeah, she's like trying to take. She, she's because there are different ways you can become a you lawyer. You have too much money. You don't know have like you have too much time. Yeah, there's and there's like she's doing. She just got bored of being having an easy life. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, what a great problem to have. Yeah. Like 001 percent of the world. <laughs> okay, okay. Next game. That was super fun. But next game, I feel like this one's gonna be a little bit easier until uh, easier before our last game. Okay. I'm going to read off some Supreme Court cases and you give me your initial one word reaction to it. Okay. 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 All right. Marbury v. Madison. Important. Okay. Gideon v. Wainwright. Fairness. Okay. Brown v. Board. Justice. Okay. Gitlow v. New York. Unork. Unork. <laughs> Question mark. I don't remember that one. Okay. I, I I wrote a note on it. It says that Fourteenth Amendment has extended provisions from the First Amendment. That's that's all I have. But oh, this is an incor- uh, incorporation. Okay. Lawrence v. Texas. <laughs> Sorry, it it came up. Booty. <laughs> Did you read the note on it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm just being honest. You guys want to be honest, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, fair enough. Uh, Roe v. Wade. 
Abortion? I mean, I, I I don't know what the one-word reaction that, would be. That is literally the note that abortion. I have on it. Roe v. Wade. In case you forgot what it was about. <laughs> no, that, yeah, it hasn't been addressed in a while. U.S. versus Nixon. Brooke. Okay. Griswold. <laughs> the pill. Okay. That's a two-word answer. It's okay. We can take it. <laughs> Um, I have another word in mind, but I'm yeah, trying to yeah. keep it G. <laughs> Miranda. Keep it Miranda. Bar fight. Okay. Trust me, that that's a look it up later. Yeah. <laughs> US v Cosby. <laughs> Is the wait no, a no, second? No, no, sorry, sorry. You're, no, you're right. You're right. I do need to clarify. C A U S B Y, not but the pudding pops guy, not that guy. <laughs> Oh man, okay. I don't know this one. I don't know this one. Give me like a People clue, and I'll give you. People don't own the airspace above their property. Okay, um, I'm gonna say reasonable, like reasonable search. Okay. Nix versus Hedden. Don't remember this one. Tomatoes are vegetables. This is an actual Supreme Court. Actual Supreme Court case. New, New no. York. New York was charging a tariff on tomatoes the uh, the plaintiffs argued that tomatoes are fruit you're charging a tariff as if it's a vegetable the supreme court said no the state can set its own tariffs if they want so yeah tomatoes are vegetables but they're fruit and my word is dumb dumb okay <laughs> this is why people don't trust court okay all right perfect okay last game um I have some cases. I came across some very interesting cases, both in and out of the Supreme Court. Some of the names I couldn't believe were real. So I took it upon myself to create a list of potentially real and potentially <laughs> fake cases. And you have to guess. Like okay. And you might have come across as some of these. Okay. Might and, have even been on one side or the other of this <laughs> in real life. Okay. Right. Like the exactly. first one. Okay. Here we go. Batman v. Commissioner. Real. <laughs> I feel like I heard about this. <laughs> Hatson v. Large Tree Stump. Man, a real. Is it real? Is it? <laughs> I felt like it could be like one of those. Okay, it could be okay, like one so of those. Batman v. Commissioner is real. Hatson v. Large Tree Stump is fake. I made oh, that up. Well, good job coming up with it because I feel like that could be the name of a case. Like a dude like trying to get rid of a tree yeah. stump. <laughs> South Dakota versus 15 impounded cats. Why the impounded Sorry, like whether, whether, it's, whether it's real or fake. <laughs> The first thing I think about is cats in suits, like arguing for their freedom. I'm just, you know, but... <laughs> um, okay, okay, All right. I know that cases can be named after property that is like being fought over, so I'm gonna say this is real. It is real. <laughs> I need to go look at that case. U.S. versus twelve large gophers. <laughs> Okay, 
uh, here, I'm gonna say this one's fake, and the reason I'm gonna say it's fake is because of the word large. Because I think that would be like too much of a term of art okay. for them to put in a case. It is fake. <clears throat> Texas v. Loud Frog Pond. Fake. That is fake. Okay. You're, you're, the only one you got wrong is the large tree stump one so far. So far. So far. Okay. Oh, there's more. Okay. U.S. versus 40 barrels of Coca-Cola. Real. Real. Yeah. They tried to get him to stop putting caffeine in Coca-Cola. Okay. <laughs> Juicy Whip versus Orange Bang. Juicy Whip? Like Cool Whip? Juicy yeah. Whip versus versus Orange Bang? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say real. Okay. I'm going to say real. Is it? It is real. Okay. All right. This one, this one, I, th- I, hold on. I have to check because I think I misclassified because I remember reading this one. So one, one sec. Okay. <laughs> well, I kind of gave it away here, but <laughs> U.S. versus 43 gallons of whiskey. That's got to be real. That's real. I don't know why. And then the last one, schmuck versus United States. <laughs> I really hope that's real. It is real. I'm going to say real. I hope it's it real. real. <laughs> okay. All right. So you got a 90% on this yeah, movie title, man. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So yes, because I, I, I was like, okay, I, I initially was gonna put these in the um, the one word reactions game, but not all of them are Scotus cases. So I was like, some of these sound like Batman v Commissioner. Like I couldn't believe that was a real thing. Was, I think I just heard about yeah. that. I don't know where I had just heard yeah, about it. Yeah, and and it's funny because it's listed as, as that name, but the full name is like Batman versus the IRS commissioner or like the commissioner of the internal revenue service or something like that. But they just list it as someone's trolling them by like labeling it that way. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. That was fun. That was fun. Um, that was dope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's all. Do you have any, so Hamid actually, the reason Hamid wanted to have you on the podcast was because he was so impressed by your legal advice last week with his Mm. car situation that he was like yo we got to get this guy on the podcast he understands he understands contract law and he initially was well, like dude hey, I'm, I'm ready to be in-house counsel bro for the pod <laughs> yeah oh dude trust me if we ever if we ever get hit with a lawsuit that, from that joe rogan yeah from joe rogan because we stole his uh, we stole his uh, pr- producer jamie hey jamie jamie are you still there no jamie left but i don't know man jamie's been radio silent all day yeah um yeah, well, it's been an honor for me to be here, yeah, guys. Man. Honestly, like, uh, be invited on podcasts I listen to like every week. Thank you, man. Uh, always like while driving to or from work, so I can actually listen well, to it instead of like kid in the background screaming. This one made for nice, some dude. super interesting discussions, and we really appreciate you coming on. And um, you know, we we're definitely going to be doing this again at some point, inshallah. So you know, thanks again. For inshallah, would love to, man. Taking and taking time out of your day and. Um, in case it wasn't clear to anybody, we did have some 
technical difficulties at the beginning. So just want to thank Niged for being so patient about it. And um, yeah, um, tune in next week, inshallah. Marlene, 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 Marlene,